Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from us all at TNT Radio. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, no rest for the wicked, as the saying goes, and I have another hour of my sentence to complete uh, this year before I am released to my loved ones for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to get off, I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it because this is part of my daily routine now, has been uh, for the last two years. It's kind of died in the wool. I'm died in the wool, TNT here now, and I make no apologies for that, and I'm extremely grateful for that as well. And in case I forget, because I'm quite forgetful, I want to give a massive uh, thank you to all the staff in TNT Radio, Murray and all the guys in the studio, Cam, uh, Anoop who's just joined us, all the people that do the visual switching, that do the audio engineering in there, Adam and co who do all the technical stuff, the graphics, we have a clips department, we have a video department, we're running websites, we've got a merchandising uh, department, we've got Mike Ryan, and we've got Jenny Squires uh, pushing this whole thing forward as well. So in case I don't uh, just acknowledge those people also want to wish everybody uh, at this uh, who works for and with TNT Radio a massive happy Christmas. And lest I forget to guests, okay, every single person that comes on this uh, station as a guest or contributes in any way, shape, or form to the content of TNT, massive happy Christmas to you too. You guys don't have to do that. Uh, you don't have to come on here. You're taking time out of your day. Spend it with us to talk to us uh, and other people are listening in. So just want to wish any guests that are listening in, especially ones that I've been dealing with over the last uh, two years, a massive, massive, massive Happy Christmas to all of you as well. So yeah, there's a lot, uh, well, we had highlighted a lot of stuff to cover here this morning, uh, especially in the last hour with Nat, but we never actually got around to doing it because we were doing those awards and it was very, very good. It's been very, very well received in the live chat. Just a couple of things that are catching my eye here this morning that made me uh, laugh with a wry smile. Gavin Newsom, who is the uh, the chief of uh, California. He's the, this, the governor of California. His 10-year plan, 10-year plan to end San Francisco's homelessness problem uh, turns 20 years old this month. So it's a 10-year plan that's now been running for 20 years. So he's missed his target, well missed his target on dealing with San Francisco's homelessness problem. And of course, earlier this year, when uh, the Chinese came to visit California. He swept, literally swept the streets. All homeless people were removed from the streets and Chinese flags were flown in California. No American flags were to be seen as Gavin Newsom appeased uh, Xi Jinping's comrades or colleagues when they came to visit his state in the USA. Gavin Newsom, unbelievable character. I don't know if you've ever seen the film American Psycho, featuring Christian Bale, but Gavin Newsom really reminds me of uh, Christian Bale's character in American Psycho. And I'm sure, of course, allegedly I say this, if we dug deep into Gavin Newsom's wardrobe, I'm sure we would find a few skeletons in there. Uh, but yeah, Gavin Newsom, Christian Bale, American Psycho, they're one and the same. Look at their pictures side by side and tell me if you think I'm actually wrong about that one. Uh, what else is going on here? A 71-year-old man. This is a, a, a bittersweet story here uh, for Christmas. A 71-year-old man has been declared innocent in uh, U.S. state of Oklahoma after spending nearly 50 years in prison 
for a murder he did not actually commit. So this is one of the longest periods of incarceration that anyone has ever been locked up for in America for something they didn't actually do. So this old man here has just been released. I suppose that's a good thing. But, you know, he's 71. He was locked up when he was just over 20 years of age. He spent 50 years of his life, half a century, banged up in an Oklahoma penitentiary for something that he didn't do. And now, of course, that he's out, sadly, the rest of his life will probably be taken up uh, chasing justice through the courts uh, for money and compensation for his lost life. But, you know, that's sad too, because he's going to be stressed out about that. He's just been released. It's coming up to Christmas. Uh, he doesn't have a family. I don't understand if either died or he never got married and had kids. So, you know, he's now looking for justice at 71 after spending half a decade in prison. So I hope he gets it. Uh, that is in Oklahoma in the United States of America. So uh, before I bring Gemma on for the last time to Locked and Loaded anyway, uh, in 2023, just to let you know, we have an app that's available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Just look for TNT Radio, download it onto your listening device of choice. And of course, check out our website. It's never too late, never too late to buy some TNT merchandise, especially coming up to this time of year. And even get yourself off to a good start in 2024 by uh, branding everything you have with TNT merch, slap stickers all over your car buy yourself a beanie you can even get tnt socks you can get a tnt mug you can get a tnt mouse pad hells bells what can you not get with tnt branding on it i don't know and if you have suggestions by the way for merch leave them on our uh suggestions form that's available on our website tntradio.life and help us conquer the world and beyond in 2024 stay tuned here for the one and only tnt radio going 360 on the headlines it's really well balanced conversation today's news talk radio tnt Gemma, a little roundup with you as well, I suppose, before we bring your last uh, story of the year. Um, you have come on board during 2023 proper. Uh, I think it's been a whirlwind few months for you as well. You know, we've talked about your past and the Beeb, how it's a breath of fresh air for you coming along here, just as you're coming up to the end of the year. Uh, excited for 2024 and what lies ahead with the with today's News Talk Radio? Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, I joined right at the point where um, TNT went video and you can now watch. So I was joining the station at a time of huge transition for all the presenters and hosts and the management team. Um, and I, I joined right at a very kind of crucial time. And I can honestly say, you know, I've been in I've been in the media my entire career since I was 25 years old. Uh, I've done newspapers, I've done radio, I've done television, uh, you know, the mainstream until very, very recently after a kind of a hasty departure of my own choosing from the institution that is the BBC. Um, but this is without a doubt, without a doubt, uh, the best job I have ever had in my life. And it is uh, growing every day. We've got amazing people in our chat. Our listeners are so switched on. It's brilliant. And so are all the staff and the management. I mean, it's a, it's like a dream for me being here. And I want to thank everyone at the station. I want to thank Mike and Jenny for taking a chance on me. I want to thank all of the staff and the tech team for making me so welcome and helping me because I'm really not a technical person. And I want to thank, you know, you and Natalie have made me so welcome and all the other hosts that I co-host with, you know, onwards and upwards all of us together in this it's a team effort for our listeners to our tech team to our management to our frontline presenting staff we are all in this together and this is serious what we are doing we have a laugh and we you know bring stories to the table and we reflect what's going on in the world but it's the energy that we're creating we are creating the new 
We are the new mm -hmm. media. And let's keep going, kids. 2024, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, indeed. And even yesterday, you know, uh, we had a, a Gemma and I and Natalie and Baz and uh, Charlotte, uh, who's just joined TNT as well, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to uh, keep the pacing uh, upbeat on the shows. We're going to introduce even more guests next year. Everything's going to go up a level next year. And yesterday we had a meeting, if you want to call it a meeting, and it's the first meeting in inverted commas that I have been at for years since my last job. And I hate meetings. I detest meetings. And yesterday we had one scheduled for what was it, 40 minutes and it ran up the time. And it was like, hang on, we're going to have to set another one up here because we were enjoying it. We were thrashing things out. We were trying to suggest ways that we can make things easier even better. Everybody was talking. Everybody was contributing. Everybody was listening. And I don't know about you, uh, but I left that very, oh, right, let's go. Let's get stuck in in 2024. So I'm, I'm stepping back for a week, but it's almost like, you know, when you're trying to break a door down, Gemma, if you've got a battering ram, you have to take a step forward back and then you lurch at it with momentum and go smashing through it. Well, that's what I'm going to be doing over this period. This is my step back before I take the door out in 2024 with your help, of course. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, that, take that battering ram, Rick, you know, but have a rest, mm -hmm. have a rest. You know, you've yeah. been here for two years. You've done some epic work. Uh, you've brought a lot of people to the station, you know, have have some Christmas downtime with your, mm. oh, your wife and your daughter. You, you do that. Mm -hmm. You deserve it, mate. Yeah, it's good. And I am looking forward to it. I really am. But I will miss the shows and I will miss the banter, but it's only a week. And uh, 1st of January, Gemma will be back. I will be back. The studio will be open as normal from next Thursday, actually. There's a few days off. Obviously, the staff deserve a break over the Christmas period. But I think from UK time Thursday onwards, and you'll be there with uh, Nat as well, just to keep you people informed, you will get your live broadcasting from Thursday of next week. The best-offs will be running on Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and the day after that. So, yeah, it's all good. So, yeah, interesting for 2024, but we're not done yet. With 2023, you have uh, one last gem for us up your sleeve. Uh, what is it that you have for us today? Well, I really, really wanted to bring you a breaking news story that was good news. You know, I really did want to kind of give you a little early Christmas present. And I do think you're going to like this story because it touches on an issue that we discuss at length here, not just on Locked and Loaded, but right the way across TNT with all uh, different hosts from different countries. And this really, I think, is a step in the right direction. And that is that the University of Bradford here in the UK, it's in the north of the UK, which is one of the most multi multicultural areas in the country, um, has announced the University of Bradford that it is going to introduce scholarships for working class white young men so that they can go into higher education. I think that's just a great story to end the year on mm. um, because uh, white males, working class males with poor backgrounds are the least likely to go into higher education. So the university is saying we are going to support you. If you come to the University of Bradford, we will give you a scholarship and a birth towards your living expenses and then we will give you a chance we will give you a chance if you want to go to university we're going to give you the chance um just to give you kind of an example of like the the, the multiculturalism of bradford it's quite well known here in the uk for for this um the white population is declining uh, it was 64 percent white in 2011 and that is now 57 percent 10 years in, on in 2021 um so they're trying to redress the balance they're trying to uh, you know say look we're going to help you. If you are a white boy in a school and you are eligible for free school meals because you don't have your family doesn't have enough money, you are the least likely in the whole of the UK to pursue further education. And even when the, when white working class men do, uh, they only represent four percent 
of the entire student body here in the UK. And in Bradford, it's even less. It's just shy of 2%. So the University of Bradford are saying, here's a here's an early Christmas present to you. If you fancy going to university next year, we're going to help you. It's being funded by a bursary left by a, a former student there who went on to become a successful businessman. And I think this is a lovely story to end the year on. And we're looking at, you know, people really kind of thinking we need to do the right thing and we're doing it. It also shows, I think, Gemma, the need to be really focused on certain areas because, you know, you hear the government speak talking about levelling up. The uh, the UK needs to level up. You know, that may or may not be true, but there's certainly some pockets of deprivation uh, within the UK or areas that are really uh, impacted negatively uh, socioeconomically. Bradford, for example, being one from the statistics that you've just provided here. So it's a bit like winter fuel payment, for example, for OAPs. The, everybody gets it. It's not means tested. So even if you've got a million quid in the bank, the government will still give you winter fuel allowance rather than, for example, saying, look, you don't really need that or you could choose to forego that, give it to somebody else that may be struggling at the minute financially. I think uh, more focus needs to be put, as in this case, in certain areas of Great Britain uh, to level them up. And I hate using that term, but you know what I'm getting at. They need more TLC when it comes to education, when it comes to infrastructure, when it comes to services, when it comes to policing and reducing crime. So maybe this is a step forward in the right direction for Bradford going into 2024. And maybe maybe other places will follow suit. What do you reckon? I certainly hope so, because as I was studying this story this morning, I thought about the demographic and, the, you know, I know loads, you know, I went to a normal comprehensive school here years ago in the 70s and 80s, and I know absolutely loads of white working class mm. men. Um, and they, they, most people I know who work white and working class when I went to school went into trades and they've done, had a nice living. Um, many of them done very, very well for themselves. But you have to think about that skill set. And, and that knowledge base that's not being pushed forward into higher education. They've got that demographic has so much to offer, um, but they're discouraged, discouraged white working class men. It's like you stay on the bottom rung and you, you know, you can be our tradesmen and our plumbers and our sparkies and our builders, you know, but why not push them forward? They are incredibly intelligent, astute people. And many of the people I know run their own businesses and um, it, they, you need to be given that chance. If you don't want to go to uni, brilliant, go on and do whatever you want. But it's about choice, isn't it? It's about having yeah. that choice and the economic means. And this university is giving white working class men the economic means. And I think it's a brilliant story to uh, end the year on. Yeah, it is. And uh, fair play to you for bringing that one uh, to the table for the last story of 2023 for Locked and Loaded anyway, because of course you're doing those couple of days next week before you also uh, get a few well-deserved days off. Uh, so hopefully, fingers crossed, you have a peaceful and relaxing and enjoyable fest of break yourself, Gemma, the Cooper Trooper. And I am very much looking forward to uh, taking this thing forward with yourself, Nat, and everybody else that's involved uh, into 2024. So uh, relieved from duties as per right now on Locked and Loaded Show. Big uh, Locked and Loaded salute out to you. And genuinely, I'm looking forward to seeing what 2024 has to bring. So that's Gemma Cooper. Uh, stay, she'll be back in the next hour, by the way, with James Freeman. But for now, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And Bruce Scott will be joining me. And another guest later on in the show, Mr. Tony Gosling, will also be beaming in from the UK. So please don't go away. We've still got 40-odd minutes left of Locked and Loaded in 2023. So please stay with us until that happens here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. Approximately 650,000 Ukrainian men aged 18 to 60 have left Ukraine for Europe since the start of the war. It's a tough spot if your country is being invaded. Uh, that's one thing and you're a, a male and a citizen. Um, but 
you know, if the war, if it's a globalist war, I, I wouldn't want to participate <laughs> in these banker globalist wars. And most of them just uh, are. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. Okay, I'm joined this morning on Locked and Loaded UK time by the first of two guests. Yes, we're shaking it up here on Locked and Loaded. I'm going to have not one but two guests. And actually, going into 2024, between you, me, and the Garden Post, there could even be three guests in our. It's going to be Bish, Bash, Bosh going into 2024 here on TNT Radio. But please uh, bear with us as we try and implement these sweeping changes. And it is all for the betterment of the station. And of course, your listening pleasure. The first of my two this morning is no stranger to TNT Radio. The one and only Dr. Bruce Scott is joining me now from the one and only Gulag, Caledonia. Bruce is a bona fide psychoanalyst and he's also an author and a damn fine chat and a ginger Kerry King from Slayer lookalike to boot. Dr. Bruce Scott, how are you doing? How are you doing? Good to be here, Rick. Good to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. And this is my last show of the year. I thought it would be good to get you back on. And as we do, Bruce, uh, we try and figure out what we're going to talk about in advance. But because we've got a little bit less time today and because of the time of the year that it is, you're no stranger uh, to helping people out that are going through mental health issues at this point in time. So I know a lot of people are struggling uh, coming up to Christmas. I'm sure you would attest to that with the line of business uh, that you're actually in at the minute. Uh, you highlighted a post this week i want to bring it up and get your views on it maggie chapman uh one of the uh scottish politicians has said the 2022 scottish health survey showed that mental well-being had become worse in comparison to 2021 my party and i will continue to advocate for better mental health services i thank all the people across for the work that they do in scotland blah 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 i want the help we want to do more is more being done in scotland to address the growing mental health crisis that you guys are suffering up there. Oh, it certainly is. It's certainly there's a lot. There's a lot being done to make it worse. Uh, yeah. deliberately to make it worse. The the tweet by Maggie Chapman's incredible, actually, because uh, not only her party and the Scottish government, because her, her party's in a uh, coalition with the SNP. They campaigned for for uh, policies which they knew were going to harm the mental health of the population. Because if you go to a government document 
and it's because it's a labyrinth of bureaucratic instruments throughout. It, it's like um, it's like it takes you a long time to to see uh, go through them all. But there was a document called the COVID nineteen Mental Health uh, Transition Document, which was released in October two thousand and twenty. And they, well, it's all double speak. But on one hand, they say that the impacts of mental health with lockdown will be terrible, of course. Uh, but at the same time, they say uh, we're only just learning learning uh, the results of of these policies, which is which is they've contradicted themselves. But the the you know the whole the the whole uh, mental health crisis was known about uh, be, be, before, and yet they pushed it. So Maggie, and 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 of course they voted for powers, which would uh, mean that if any other pandemic came along, you know, in in they would have permanent powers to lock people down again. So they voted for in policies which they know. Will make people's mental health much worse. So, mm-hmm. uh, she's a she's a wolf's in sheep clothing. And yeah, and, and seems, the Scottish Association for be, Mental Health should. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say she's she's a strange uh, individual, Bruce. Uh, she's coming out with statements uh, that she wants to improve people's mental health, while at the same time having taken extensive measures to destroy people's mental health over the last three years and counting. I have a a, a thought uh, that I've had right from the beginning of this, and obviously it's not quantifiable. But I don't think that anybody in the United Kingdom and Ireland mental health was not impacted negatively as a result of government interventions over the last two years. I think every single person to a greater or a lesser degree had a negative impact on their mental health over the last three years because of the governments. Is that too overreaching a statement or thought for me to have? Or what do you think about that? Did anybody escape or come out of this in a better state than they went in? I think I think everyone everyone has has been affected, whether you're on the side of uh, against the the COVID-19 narrative or the net zero narrative. Everyone, everyone is affected uh, because, well, it's it's very it's very difficult not not to be affected, especially you know, especially if you've got a lot of death round about you, people getting ill, which I have in my family. I've had two people die post job. One was my father-in-law, just ten days ago. He developed a very rapid onset of cancer, mm-hmm. as well as. Uh, uh, myocarditis, heart heart failure, and kidney failure. Uh, we we're being it's it's like because they're waging war and it's a deliberate war, and there's casualties. And when there's when you're living in a a a zone like this, you're bound to be affected. I mean, the 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 the, the government documents regarding the mental well being and mental health of Scotland. They, they they set out quite clearly that everyone's suffering. One in three people, supposedly, from this from the report, has got a has, has got a, a identifiable mental health issue. One in three, one in three people walking around the streets at any one time, mental health issue. That's quite that's incredible. Been, but that's, that's what you'd expect in a war important. zone, in a, yeah, in a psychological I'm... war zone. So hmm. that is that is the situation, and and. These these real wolves in sheep's clothing, like Maggie Chapman mm-hmm. saying, we care about mental health, but are quite quite willing to destroy your mental health at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people are uh, these are extremists. 
they're the they, extremists. They, they call people like me extremists or conspiracy theorists. These people are extremists coming for your sanity, coming for your, your uh, well-being. Uh, the interesting point you brought up as well there, Bruce, about the one in three, uh, I would say that that one in three figure maybe even be somewhat akin to uh, injuries from the results of these jabs and these mRNA shots. That's just what's actually being reported. So you can imagine if the government's actual official statistics are saying one in three people is walking around there with a mental health issue at the minute. I'm sorry to say this, but the figure is probably higher than that. And again, back to the point that I was trying to make about I don't think anybody hasn't been negatively impacted over the last three years in a mental health perspective. That's just what they're telling us. And if that's just what they're telling us, I think it can be safe to say that it could be the tip of the proverbial iceberg. So uh, we're going to take a little uh, brief uh, news break here just for 30 seconds. And when we come back, I want to look at maybe some practical advice that you can impart to our listeners at this time to keep ourselves a little bit sane over this festive period, because traditionally Christmas as well, you know, suicide rates go up, uh, you know, uh, self-harming and uh, domestic violence rates go up. Hospital emergency department as are swamped over the so-called festive period of love and peace and goodwill to all men. So maybe a few survival tips from your good self, how to stay seeing over the festive period will be welcomed by our lovely listeners uh, when we come back after this news break. So don't go away. Stay tuned for more here on TNT Radio. Now, TNT Radio News. Show how it's done. Let's go. I, I got news for you. Yeah. News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Over a dozen people have been killed and more than 20 others wounded in a mass shooting at a university in the Czech Republic. Former US President Donald Trump has accused the White House of waging war on Christians and is bound to end it if he's re-elected next year. President Joe Biden has once again appeared lost and confused on stage. And Hamas has rejected another proposed temporary ceasefire in Gaza, saying it's only interested in ending the war. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Okay, I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Bruce Scott here this morning from uh, Gulag Caledonia, a.k.a. Bonnie Scotland, up north of the border uh, from England, of course. Uh, he's talking about mental health crises that's currently ongoing in Scotland at the minute that's being reported on. Bruce, there's a message actually in the live chat that I want to read out to you because it's very relevant to what we're talking about here this morning and links in with maybe coping mechanisms to get through hard times. Molly Bites in the live chat left a lovely message. He said, Rick, over the year on a few occasions you have mentioned PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and I want to personally thank you for that as it needs to be spoken about. It is not just veterans that can suffer from it. People that have uh, been involved in service or active service maybe in the army are not the only people that can suffer from it. There are many civilians also. It's difficult to live with and I want to hear it spoken about it makes us realize we aren't alone. So thank you, sir. You're more than welcome at Mali Bites for that lovely message. Bruce, PTSD, uh, not limited to veterans only. Maybe one in three people that we're talking about here could actually be walking around with uh, tra trauma issues because of separation from families and being uh, exposed to fear porn constantly for the last three years. Yeah, well, exactly. In, in the report, and this, these some of the couple of these government reports that I, that I get, got up for today, it does allude to the fact that people working in the NHS and in, in elderly care homes may be suffering from 
trauma or PTSD or mental health issues because of what has been going on. Now, of course, as the inquiries have been shown, uh, uh, elderly people were stopped from seeing their relatives and relatives were stopped from seeing their dying loved one. Uh, that, those will will give rise to symptoms of PTSD. That is that that is that is that is a direct result of of these policies. Mm. So, uh, I think it would be unsurprising not to see more people coming forward with symptoms of post traumatic stress disorder because of what's happened, and the governments are responsible for this. Well, tell me this, uh, for people that are, maybe maybe there's someone listening this morning, maybe the reason why you're on the show today, or we're focusing on this uh, mental health issues this morning, Bruce, there could be somebody who's silently listening to us right now, uh, they're feeling it's all getting on top of them, they're feeling maybe they don't have a support network, maybe they don't have families, or maybe that nobody understands what they're going through at this time, could for whatever reason, on a personal level, they may be thinking about self-harm, they could be thinking about suicide. If anybody is listening, as per right now, you know, advice to give to those people, where's the best place to go in terms of reaching out uh, for a for an understanding ear or a sympathetic ear and maybe uh, getting some help for for things like that at this at this time of the year? Well, it, well, regarding that first tweet you mentioned with Maggie Chapman, she was talking about the Scottish Association for Mental Health. They, one of their articles on their website, for example, talks about the rise of anxiety in society, and they mention eco-anxiety, and they talk about climate. So organisations which parrot the narrative are probably probably uh, come with a, a contraindication because they're going to give you the, 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 the government narrative or the state narrative. They're, you know... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat this the situation wherever and I've and I've said it before in other places and written about it in, in my articles in UK column. We we are living in a challenging time. Uh where uh, you know things are quite dire because of the because of the obvious deliberate psychological attack on us. What they found what they find is is in research and used Merlou who wrote the uh, uh a book about menticide, which I quote quite a lot, in people in prison camps who are, uh, or, or you know, prisoner war camps or gulags and places like that, people who who are able to find like-minded people who can share the same values, mm -hmm. that is that is that, that is very key to surviving, uh, and you have to be very careful in seeking out where where you where you, because if you go to a, a state-sanctioned mental health provision center of some kind that, that provides something you you may be you may be given the the covid narrative you know mm. and 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 therefore uh they, they'll be they'll be you'll be making making the person to feel like there's some sort of conspiracy theorist and i know that has occurred so you've got to be very uh circumspect and and pragmatic and searching you know you can find a lot of people online uh, through through searching online uh, groups who think who think the same as you, you've got to find people who who share your values, who share your concerns. Yeah. Uh, have empathy maybe with what uh, because uh, like if I go to you for example with a if I if I'm wrestling for example with drug addiction or I'm wrestling with a gambling addiction uh, as a as a trained qualified counselor you will be able to maybe help me through the process of breaking that cycle of addiction 
But if you've come from that background yourself or you've also overcome that, there'll be a certain empathy that you will have for me that they can't be taught or learned. It has to be gotten through experience. And I think that's a very important point that you just made in terms of also be very careful when you do try and reach out for help that you don't end up uh, in a worse condition than when you sought the help in the first place. That's echoed actually in the live chat. Uh, Mally, who put that uh, original comment up about the PTSD, also goes on to say, and I can remember him uh, talking about this before in the live chat, but he said, the help and the people that saved me was a charity called Combat Stress in Newport in Wales. What an amazing group of people. So there are some uh, local groups or grassroots type groups available in communities to help people dealing with specific issues. Maybe that would be a good uh, starting point, Bruce, for people that are listening. Uh, look locally for independent groups that are set up that have been established for a while that maybe specialize in what you're going through yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah def definitely. So people who've had a similar experience to you, uh, I think you know people you know who, who like Alcoholics Anonymous, mm -hmm. uh, groups like that, or or narc Narcotics Anonymous, I think can be extremely helpful. You know, I'm not saying it's the cure, but I think I think they can be far more helpful a lot of the time than uh, a, a professional being in the position of the person supposed to know, because often a, a lot of these professionals in the position of, of the person supposed to know uh, are, are very removed and often they're constrained uh, by uh, you know the NHS diktats on mm. certain issues and they're not allowed mm. to deviate from that for fear of complaint or, mm. or they, they do actually believe in it. So uh, but to find a freer, spray, a, a freer environment where you can discuss these things freely without being labelled a conspiracy theorist or a some sort of cook, you know, I think mm -hmm. uh, is very helpful. I mean, one, even if you can't find any, one of the a very interesting place, I think, is the Samaritans mm -hmm. um, because it's anonymous. You phone up, you can you can uh, express yourself without fear of being identified or anything like that. And I think that's very, very helpful. Sometimes to express your deepest, darkest desires is not, is it, it, very necessary. And sometimes in the mental health services, alarm bells start ringing and they, they shut people down, you know, because if you say, I feel like killing myself, for example, mm -hmm. uh, everything's put in place to stop, you know, to, to stop the person kind of uh, expressing that. They want to mm -hmm. stop the symptoms straight away. Of course, you want to stop suicide, you know, but mm -hmm. but it's, it's uh, sometimes expressing the deepest, darkest. I mean, look at literature. Literature does it better. Writers, authors discuss discuss the, the deepest, darkest recesses of their of their despair in their in their allowed a voice, mm -hmm. uh, and that's the human condition. It's a, sometimes literature and authors are better at it than mental health services because mm -hmm. they're they're psychophobic in many ways. R. D. Lang, mm -hmm. the famous Scottish psychiatrist, said the problem with the mental health industry is that it's psychophobic. They say they're here to save you, to care for you. But at the same time, they want to suppress everything and, and, and shut it down. But that is not fearless speech, as Michel Foucault, the French philosopher, discusses. It's not fearless speech. To have fearless speech is that is, is a mark of civilization. And when you start when you start suppressing it, even in the in the realm of mental health, then uh, you 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 perps you perpetrate an issue in society of discontent. So 
Is it a fair statement? Because we're we're just about up to time here, Bruce. This would have been something uh, you know you could have talked to for an hour to about it. I'm sure, and it's also very relevant to very very many people listening in. But is it a safe to say, as a summary, that if you are uh, experiencing mental health issues today and you're listening in today and you feel like you're in despair today, is it a first step to say you don't have to suffer alone, you don't have to keep it all bottled up inside, at least reach out and let someone know how you're feeling and there should be a sympathetic ear there, uh, but you can't keep it to yourself. Uh, don't keep it bottled up, people. Uh, look into local support groups, as Bruce has pointed out and Molly Bites has pointed out uh, also in the live chat, you don't have to suffer in silence and you don't have to suffer uh, alone. Uh, we've got a call time in this one now, Bruce. I just want to thank you for all your input, not just uh, here today, but uh, throughout the course of this year. And of course, last year as well, you've been coming on the TNT now for quite some time. Check out his uh, X page at DR Dr. Bruce Scott. And he also has a website, brucescott.org.uk. And if you haven't already done so, give him some support, show him some love and buy a copy of his uh, epic tome, Gulag Caledonia, about a dystopian Scottish future set 50 years from now. But in reality, he's going to have to revise that because uh, I think he's currently living through it as per right now. So uh, very Merry Christmas to you, my friend. And I know you Scots people love your Hogmanay New Year celebration. So all being well, you'll survive that and we'll get you back on for another chat at some point in 2024. Uh, so big thanks to you. That's the one only uh, Bruce Scott. Uh, I'll be back after this short break with Tony Gosling, who'll be making his debut on Locked and Loaded. So don't go away. There's still a little bit more left in the can here on Locked and Loaded for TNT Radio. We'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Did Joe Biden just defraud the federal government? Is he guilty of theft of services and filing a false document? What am I talking about? Well, Marine One isn't free. Passengers have to be listed on the official passenger manifest and they're billed for the transportation between Joint Base Andrews and the White House, just as passengers on Air Force One are billed by the Air Force. So who was on the helicopter but wasn't on the manifest today? Well, that would be one Hunter Biden. Can you just imagine the outcry, the calls for impeachment, and likely a criminal and a civil trial against President Donald Trump if it had been Don Jr., Eric, Laura, Ivanka, Jared, Tiffany, or Baron Trump that had hitched a ride for free. We don't need to ask the question. We all know what the hue and cry would be. And again, it's the double standard that is intolerable. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Eggs. You can fry them, scramble them, poach them, boil them, or race them on a spoon. But uncooked eggs can be a risk for food poisoning. To be safe, avoid buying dirty or cracked eggs. Always wash your hands after handling eggs. And if you're concerned, pregnant, elderly, or have a poor immune system, make sure you cook eggs until the yolk starts to firm or look for new pasteurized eggs. For excellent eggs, handle them safely. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, uh, we're down to our last 17 minutes of Locked and Loaded for 2023. Almost a tear is coming to my eye, and of course it will be a tear of sadness rather than a tear of joy, but we still have one guest left. 
to squeeze in before the top of the hour. And I'm really, really happy this morning to be joined for the first time on Locked and Loaded by Mr. Tony Gosling. And just to give you a little flavor of Tony is or who he is and what he's about, he describes himself on his social media platform as a Jesus follower, an investigative journalist. He's ex-BBC. He's a digger. He's a Bilderberg historian, a social justice editor, and he writes books on World War II and the occult. And he also runs a forum called 911forum.org.uk. Without any further ado, welcome to Locked and Loaded, Tony Gosling. How are you doing this fine Friday morning? Oh, hi, Rick. Yeah, uh, it's a, norm, a bit early for me. <laughs> like, uh, I had a bit of a wild night last night. Bristol oh. um, has got its own kind of version of private eye. And, uh, yeah, so that was a very interesting evening. I mean, this this if people are always scratching around wondering, well, what can I do to change things? Start up a little private eye in your own town, your own city. These these guys are brilliant. I mean, it's mostly guys. It wasn't, you know, it, it's, there was one woman around the, the eight editors around the table. But the thing is, because it's a private eye style thing, the main, uh, you know, as a, a job in 35 years in journalism, <clears throat> and what we journalists like is we like humour. Uh, most of the mainstream press, of course, and also the so-called alternative, a lot of it press, is boring. <clears throat> it's got very little wit and humour in the writing. And this is one thing you can't say, not say about the Bristolian. Uh, so you'll find it online as well, bristolian.net. But we just love picking up a copy once a month. It's only four pages, but it's a brilliant scandal sheet about everything that's going on behind the scenes in the city. And their famous front page from a couple of months ago, after the MPs in Bristol uh, refused to communicate with the families of the uh, police victims in the Kill the Bill demonstration, who have, some of whom have been charged with riot for kicking a policeman's shield as the, as the policeman is running at them, uh, and and done mass uh, and some of them doing massive long sentences. None of the local MPs, the four Labour MPs, uh, would communicate with the families and support the the uh, this uh, campaign to overturn this miscarriage of justice. They had a picture of the four faces of these four MPs, and across the top, the faces of evil. <laughs> so this is our four MPs in Bristol. So those are the people I was spending the evening with last night, and it was a terrific evening. So. Sorry if I'm a little bit slow. Oh no, no, it's all good. In fact, what you've just said, strangely enough, uh, you 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 weren't you wouldn't have been listening to the content of the show for the last uh, two hours. Uh, but we had a like a humorous award ceremony for the year end uh, in the first hour of the show here this morning with my co-presenter uh, Natalie Chill. And one of the things that we try and do is the vast majority of the content that we have here is deadly serious, dealing with geopolitical events all around the world. But yet, I believe that without humour at this time, uh, it would be too overwhelming and we'd be completely bogged down in the cesspit of corruption and scandal that's enveloping everywhere. So I take on board, and I'm glad to hear you say it as well, somebody with so much experience in journalism, I think you need a healthy dose of cynical humour, maybe a little bit of black humour as well, just to keep us well, going definitely. through this. Because if this is your bread and <clears throat> well, butter... Well, it's satire. It's satire, yeah, yeah. and uh, um, the satire is actually a sign of a healthy democracy. If you've got, in fact, funnily enough, even after the English Civil War, uh, when we had the Restoration with Charles II, he opened up the the uh, the whole scene in London, the theatre scene, for satire. So he used to sit there guffawing <coughs> at jokes about himself 
uh, in the London theatres. Uh, and of course, that's what we need with King Charles, particularly with the fact that he was involved in the murder of his wife. I mean, I don't think he did it himself, but poor old Diana didn't stand a chance with uh, Charlie's establishment after her. Yeah. And uh, someone like this, who's sort of supposedly going to lead the country, uh, these are the people that satire needs to be aimed at. And, uh, you know, th this is why I it's so sad. When I was growing up, we had loads of satire all over British television, radio, mm. uh, and now Private Eye even has been kind of taken over. It's a very much a limited hangout. So it's why it's so lovely to have uh, scandal sheets like our uh, mm. uh, our Bristolian. Uh, it, it honestly mm. makes life worth living when you can see that there's somebody out there who's got the guts to publish the truth mm. and, and to poke fun our so-called leaders who are making such a pig's ear of it all. And it's good also as well uh, to hang hang out, uh, not in an echo chamber way, but it's good to associate Correct. and hang out and bounce <laughs> off like-minded uh, individuals <clears throat> as well. Because uh, just again, before you came on, my last guest, uh, Dr. Bruce Scott, he's a, a psychoanalyst, a mental health expert, and we were talking about dealing with PTSD, and it's important to seek out groups of people that maybe have been through what you have been through to get that real empathetic support. And it's the same, I suppose, with uh, journalism. I mean, like, you can't go and hang around with a bunch of mainstream hacks. They're going to look at you, label you a tinfoil hatter and so on and so forth. Not really inspire you, but crush you and try and uh, cancel you in, in today's terminology. But when you can actually well, start Well, not necessarily. Look, no, hang on, because in real journalism, you'll find newsrooms are split generally between people yeah. who are realize just how bad things are but are keeping their heads down and trying to keep their jobs mm. and others who are mm -hmm. believers you know in the bs yep. so uh you know uh, for example in our local paper we've got four or five we know, i don't know four or five individual journalists who re do realize how terrible things are and in fact if you sit down the pub and have a chat about conspiracies with them mm -hmm. they're absolutely up, up for it and they see the mm -hmm. results of this I mean, it's, it's a bit like if, you know, in the old days, I, I worked for the BBC a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. You used to get the cameramen who were there all the time through when uh, big top cabinet ministers and stuff were being filmed. And they'd see what they were like, you know. And uh, so a lot of people in the press, in, in the media, are even in the mass media, are, are very much aware that things are not very good not right and the lovely thing about the bristolian i'm sorry to keep going on about them mm -hmm. but the bristolian lot is uh i was say i was chatting with them and saying well i'm really disappointed you haven't been uh you know uh taking the mickey out of me because i consider i would consider it uh an honor to have them write some sort of terrible piece about how dreadful my podcast was and you know what idiot i was because that is actually if you if you if you ever spent time in the mass media what you find is loads and loads of backslapping it's vile it's sycophancy mm. and uh, that's mm. the bubble we need to burst if we're going to actually yeah. have a healthy media yeah, good point that you make there as well about uh, awareness, but because of maybe wanting to retain a job, obviously bills to pay, you know, people are aware of what's going on, but they keep shtoom. Other people just uh, tow the company line. I think that's what we saw as well. There's no way in the medical profession that doctors, for example, can actually believe in the efficacy of these 
dumb face masks or social distancing or constant hand washing or washing your shopping and even you know the safety and effectiveness of the jabs but because they were threatened or they were uh, threatened with losing their jobs and they probably had huge mortgages and kids in private school and you know cars to pay off they kept quiet even though they knew what time it was is there not that element though of uh, fear of retribution loss in your job loss in your position and statue that does keep people silent does keep people in their places at the minute and that's one of the reasons why we're in the, the the mess that we're in societally well look i mean one of the main take homes from the pandemic is that many people have not become doctors because they want to heal people they've come become mm -hmm. doctors because it's a very well-paid profession and they're, they're actually focused on uh you know making a career getting up the, up the greasy pole just as in journalism in many professions you know you'll find people who who are actually dedicated to the public service angle of it, but others who are just interested in climbing the greasy pole, and that's something that it's really taught me. I mean, you've got you've got so many doctors out there who are prescribing things that well, they are just turning a blind eye to the damage that whatever it is is doing to the patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, turning a blind eye and, you know, money has a great way of doing that. You think of the amount of money that those GPs were making jabbing people uh, during the three years ago. It was actually the first jobs were unleashed upon the public in the UK. I think it was December 2020. Hard to believe that was three years ago, but they were getting, what, 10, 12 quid per shot, putting uh, needles in people's arms. And then when they ruled out the campaigns to under 15s, we're getting 25 quid. There was an incentive to jab younger people there too. So that blinds everything and, you know, do no harm she'll be the first tenant you know if they yeah but well, i wonder if, if if they were yeah. jabbing themselves you know mm. I, I often also i think is there was a lot of um if you want to talk about this a bit the uh look at the royal family i mean these uh camilla and charles are very much in the sort of inner circle of the sort of what i would describe as a fourth reich really which mm. is a kind of financial empire a globalist empire attempting to control uh, the world. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing their best to start a war, which they think they can control the outcome of, etc. around the world. They're obviously doing these hostile takeover bids. They're, uh, you know, big corporations are. Mm. Uh, and you look at Charles and Camilla, they're both now in this thing, the Order of the Garter, which is uh, also now got Tony Blair in it. And I, mm. I look at that as actually the key part of the establishment now, after many years looking at what is the establishment. This, you know, based in Windsor Castle, it's the oldest order of chivalry. Uh, or, uh, in, it could be in, on the planet, actually, certainly in Europe, uh, obviously in the States as well, goes back to not long after the extinguishing of the Knights Templar. Uh, and the, then, then you look at, uh, at um, the Duke of Edinburgh and the Queen. Well, they all had their jabs. Uh, but which ones were? I would suggest that uh, the the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh probably got real jabs, thinking that this was safe or it was the right thing to do, and that they, they, as leaders of the country, should show the way. Uh, whereas Charles and Camilla sneakily were probably just having some sort of placebo stuck into them. But I mean, I've got no real evidence for that. Just the sort of circumstantial: who are these people? What is their history? Uh, because. Uh, you know, Charles is very much involved in all this very highly political attempt to, uh, uh, you know, get get the zero carbon. And of course, at the, in the Panama Papers, many people forget this. It was revealed that he had set up the main uh, the main carbon trading companies, and he personally is going to benefit from it all. So, uh, so there you go.
Uh, interesting you mentioned Blur there and uh, the Order of the Garter. You mentioned that he was indoctrinated into that, uh, you know, a few years ago by the Queen when she was still alive. Isn't it strange, don't you think, at this time, you see Blur uh, has been potentially, he's going to be dispatched over to Israel to talk to Netanyahu, apparently, uh, about brokering a peace deal there. He, he got a job as a PC envoy to the Middle East when he uh, ceased to become the Prime Minister of Britain, even though you know he was responsible for lies based on weapons of mass destruction, the death of so many Iraqis. David Cameron recently made his uh, return to the political stage, even though he's unelected. He received a peerage from Charles as well, so as he could take up his new minister position. Don't you find it odd and weird that at this time these ex-British prime ministers are, they've never went too far. The apple did never really fell too far from the tree. But you find it interesting that they're starting to almost rise to prominent positions again after they've uh, long exited the political stage left? Well, no, because we're, we're, what we're witnessing is a total <clears throat> a total destruction of democracy, really, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, an clique reasserting itself. Uh, so it's quite understandable that uh, Cameron, I mean, it was interesting to watch. It was the um, Sunday, uh, Remembrance Sunday service in the Cenotaph, the day after the massive Palestine demonstration with three quarters of a million people on London streets. They have this ceremony every year, Remembrance Sunday. Uh, and at the end of the service, Charles uh, walks into the Foreign Office, which is directly the big door next to the Cenotaph for lunch uh, with Cameron and Sunak. Right. So and the next morning is a surprise announcement. Oh, I'm surprised there were no leaks about this. Well, they just decided, hadn't they? Charles has told Sunak, I want this boy to be our um, our foreign secretary. And uh, so Charles is very much running in this as a sort of medieval style king. I think it's pretty obvious. Sunak is just doing what he's told. He's a Goldman Sachs boy. He knows what side his bread is buttered. Uh, mm -hmm. And actually, with Blair going to the Middle East, uh, well, what have we got there? We've got an Armageddonist. I mean, we did a, um, we did a, uh, well, I'm just trying to think exactly. This is a few years ago, looking at, at Blair's Masonic history, mm -hmm. uh, because I think it was Chris Everard did, had done a bit of digging on his lodge numbers, went mm -hmm. to have a look where his lodge was. Well, it's Duke Street, St. James, right in the central centre of London. And I was stood out there with a Russian film crew doing a, an interview about the Freemasons. And these two guys turned up with trays of sandwiches to try and come in. We were stood in the doorway and they said, oh, excuse me, can we get to the doorway? And, and I thought, well, let's just ask them a question before the, before we let them in. And I said, so what, uh, which br branch of Freemasonry is this? And he said, oh, it's the Rosicrucians. Blair mm -hmm. uh, is a Rosicrucian. Okay, so they're Armageddonists. They're accelerationists. And if anybody hasn't got up to speed with Armageddon, uh, sorry, accelerationism, then, you know, basically you're, you're falling away at like the, the stage two of a rocket engine and you're not going, you know, uh, forward. And, uh, yeah, cause, because that's what they are. They're accelerationists. They're trying to uh, precipitate uh, a cataclysmic Third World War, what they call Armageddon. And uh, that's what they're actually trying to do. And this is, this is the one thing, of course, that none of these mainstream journalists will dare think is that someone is out there crazy enough to try and start a third world war. Well, as we know, we've already had two world wars. They started those. Mm -hmm. And it's this generation now. We've got most of the people who can remember World War II are dead and not with us anymore. It's time to have another one. So the billionaires, uh, this is what many of them are up to. You know, they they believe that they can uh, uh, bring about order from chaos. This is Naomi Klein's yep. 
shock doctrine. Uh, and so uh, I guess I think that's where we are. By the way, I do do a weekly podcast, which is thisweek.org.uk. We've got a Christmas special with an interview from Bethlehem, too, about uh, what's going on at the West Bank. Uh, I couldn't I was, get through to my Gaza correspondent, but uh, we managed to get was, through to Bethlehem. I was going to say, Tony, uh, about the best place to, to listen into the content because we're, we're right up to time here now, which is unfortunate. It's been great talking to you, no doubt. Uh, we'll get talking again, Mr. Tony Gosling. Check out thisweek.org.uk for this week's relevant yeah, and ch- podcast. Have a, have a quick look yep, at yep. Uh, Tony Greenstein yep. and, and what's happened to him. He's been arrested yep. for supporting Hamas, supposedly. Will do, will do. But we've got to call it time here right now. We're coming right up to the break. So massive thanks to you, Tony. And uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Have a great new year, Tony, as well, and everybody listening in. Murray, guys in the studio, TNT listeners, have an epic one.